Welcome to the She Is Awesome podcast, the home for women business owners filled with extraordinary stories, giggles, and thoughtful conversations, offering inspiring takeaways for your life and your business. In this episode, I have a special guest. I'm so excited to have Emma Jones, founder of Enterprise Nation, in my podcast. Whoa! I watched Emma speaking at an event about two and a half years ago, and since then, I literally stalked her. I'm not even kidding. She is a true role model as a woman entrepreneur and a very inspiring human being. Welcome, Emma Jones. I am so excited to have you on my, I think this is fifth recorded episode. (laughs) I am so happy. So welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jaylan, and thanks so much for having me on. I'm zooming in, recording in from home. Whoever thought this would be a thing, but lovely to be here. Yes, thank you so much for accepting our invitation. I mean, it's been a dream for me to have you on board. So just as a, you know, put it out there in the universe and that happens. So I'm going to ask you to present a little bit, talk a little bit about yourself and Enterprise Nation so that our listeners know and they know how to find you as well. Sure. Well, maybe I do the first bit first. So you can find us at enterprisenation.com. That's the easy part. And in terms of what you'll find and what we do, and I know you know this, Jaylan, but we exist to help people start and grow their own small business. So we're a small business support platform. We have over half a million founders who come onto our platform each year and What they're looking for is for trusted advisors such as yourself. They're looking to self-learn about lots of different things, whether it be how to raise money, how to export, how to figure out social media. So we connect small businesses to support via our platform, but we also deliver small business support programs. So some of the programs that we've been delivering for the past 12 months include the Amazon Small Business Accelerator, so training lots of small businesses in how they boost their digital skills. With Vodafone, we've delivered a program called Business Connected, lots of topics around cybersecurity. Again, all the things that small businesses need to know. We deliver retail programs, so helping online sellers test physical retail. So we look in the market, see where we feel there's gaps in the market and deliver support programs accordingly. So we're just a super supportive small business community. Yeah, a big small business community. And I do vouch for what you're saying. You're very supportive, not only with just small businesses, but also with the advisors. Yeah, so I vouch everything that you said. That's very true. Thank you very much. How did it all start, Emma? You know, it's like, how did you start? What was the dream at the beginning to become a platform that is reaching so many people and half a million people? is amazing. So how did it start and how did you take it there? Well, I guess maybe the first thing to say is it's taken longer than I thought. And it's always a piece of advice I give to business owners. And we see quite often stories where I think you can read into stories to feel business is an overnight success. But the Enterprise Nation story started over a decade ago. So this has been in the making for a while. And I came up with the idea for Enterprise Nation from reading a book, actually, which I know this is a podcast, but it's a book that still sits on my bookshelf today. I know you can't see it, but it's a book called Free Agent Nation. So that tells you where the name Enterprise Nation came from. So I had just started, grown and sold my first company. So I had a first company that I built 
during the dot-com era, so in the early 2000s. I'd sold that business and I was reading this book, Free Agent Nation, which charted the rise of the self-employed in America. So it was looking at lots of people starting businesses in the US. And what this book looked at was, was there an infrastructure in the US to support these businesses? And I will never forget, I read it, I lived in Manchester at the time. I started both of my businesses in Manchester and I was sitting in the Waterston store in Manchester reading this book. And I went through these pages and essentially I just thought, wow, I think what's written and chronicled in this book is going to happen in the UK. We're going to see lots more people starting businesses. We need as a country to be able to adapt to that. And that involves things like how do we measure the number of startups? How do we measure their contribution to the economy? As well as things like how do we help people who've got side hustles get their next gig? So just how do you build the supportive conditions for small business? And so out of reading that book, the idea for Enterprise Nation came And I have to say, for the first few years of the business, I was what would, I don't like this term, but I guess the business was what you would consider a lifestyle business. So it was a consulting business. It was me and one other person, just one employee. And we would help regional, what were called regional development agencies. We'd help them write their enterprise strategy. So how they could become a place that would encourage people to start and grow businesses. And we've really only been in growth and scale mode at Enterprise Nation since 2018. So at that point, I could see the market was growing. My attitude towards growth changed as a founder. So I decided I think it's time to kind of scale the business because I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity of what we had been established to do, which is to support lots of small businesses. So in 2018, we took on angel investment. And since then, we've kind of grown over 30% year on year. So we're now a team of 35 people active in the UK and Ireland. So we've expanded into Ireland across 2021. So yeah, we're kind of still very much in growth mode, but uh, hopefully supporting lots more small businesses this year and beyond. Amazing. And I love what you said, Emma, because, you know, Academy for Women Entrepreneurs help really small scale businesses. So solopreneurs and micro business owners mostly female, of course. And I love what you're saying. It's not because you're a solopreneur today that things will not change, your dreams will not change, and your way of looking, that's what you said, the way of looking at business will not change. So in that change, my question to you would be then, you know, you were essentially solopreneur or you had a partner and then you decided to go bigger, play bigger, you know, from a personal point of view, what was it? What made you go take that step? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And I suppose mine is a personal experience and others will have different experiences. Interestingly, and this didn't relate to me because I don't have children, but one thing I do see with female founders is actually they change their mindset towards growth when their children have grown up. So because Enterprise Nation has been around for quite a long time, there were businesses that joined up to Enterprise Nation, say, 10 years ago, which would have been mums with young children. They were running the business and caring for the family. And we've chronicled so many stories of when, actually, because the kids are older, they don't need as much of mum's time. And so mum says, right, I'm going to go for growth. So that can be an instance. For me, it was, I guess, growing confidence. So I had more confidence in the model that we were building enterprise nation so I could see it was a model 
that could scale. I think as you build credibility in a market, you get approached with more opportunities. So actually, when we took angel investment, I'll never forget, we took investment from a brilliant entrepreneur in the UK called Richard Harpin. He runs a company called HomeServe, but he has an investment vehicle called Growth Partner. And we weren't looking for investment. I was introduced to him because we were delivering a business support program for his charity. So for his charity, we were supporting young people to start businesses. So I met him through that. And he's a very canny entrepreneur. So in the meeting, he said, tell me about Enterprise Nation. Tell me about your growth prospects. I told him the story. And literally by the end of the meeting, he said, I want to invest. And I said, well, we're not looking for investment. (laughs) So in a way, you could say that it kind of almost happened by accident to us. But of course, this is the other thing that changes is when you take on any form of investment, you almost have to change at that point because somebody's putting money into your business, which means they're putting their faith into you. Anyone who puts money in ultimately wants money out. So you have to build a business that is growing in value to deliver that return. But also in a very positive way, what it brings into your business is more discipline. So, you know, I was then fortunate, I guess, to be mentored by an entrepreneur in the form of Richard Harpin, who's grown huge global businesses. So you learn from people who've been there and done it. So again, your confidence keeps on growing because you're learning but also you do get help to put process in place. So just all of the things, it's almost kind of a layering up. You're building up your confidence. You're in touch with smart people who can help you get to the next level. You know, you're incentivized to get to the next level because somebody else is now betting on you. So all of those things build and therefore you just kind of say, right, this is the direction of travel is that, you know, we're just going to keep on growing. I love what you say, and it fits so much with a lot of things in my mind. I wish we had more time, but I'm going to just go into this uh, quickly. So there is a study ran by European Union, and I was advising them, and um, it's kind of like ran with EY and European Union across the board in many, many countries. And what they came out with is there are four main barriers in front of women entrepreneurs. The first one is lack of funds, which you found. (laughs) The second one is lack of network, which you build with time. The third one is lack of knowledge, which you build with time and you got access through your mentor as well. And the last one is lack of role models, which (laughs) very interestingly, you became and you are building as well. So it's really interesting because your journey allowed you to get to those. Maybe day one, you didn't have access to those, but your journey allowed you. And that's fantastic and so inspiring because it gives hope. And also, it definitely shows it can be done. You know, I didn't come from a place of great opportunity. And it's interesting, actually, and Jalen, I know you were at the event, but we hosted an event on Friday called Startup 2022. And I interviewed a young, admittedly, he's a male founder called Ed Beckel. And I don't know if you've read about him. He's 22 years old and he's just raised over $100 million for an app he's building called Glorify. And the whole reason we had him on is he's raised some of that money from Michael Buble, from Kris Jenner, from loads of celebrities across the US and Brazil. And he's 22 years old. So I brought him into Startup 2022 and I was like, Ed, how have you done this? And he said, I know it sounds really strange. He said, I just contacted these people. 
He said on a couple of times, he said, I'd find out where they lived and I'd hang out by their home. I mean, I'm not advising that everybody does that. But he said, I just contacted these people. They believed in the story and, you know, the passion that I kind of want to build. And and now they're backing me. And as he was kind of telling the story and I was going through the interview, I thought, you know, it's incredible. So few people do actually reach out. And so when someone does it does stand out. And so many people are there to help. And what I was reflecting on is he's 22. And I thought, crikey, I was exactly the same as him at that age. So I would reach out to people who at the time were kind of very big entrepreneurs. You know, a couple of people had just publicly listed their companies. And I would literally find their email, send them a note along the lines of, your story really inspires me. I'd love just to have 20 minutes of your time. And honestly, Jaylan, I must have done that in my kind of early 20s, probably to about 50 people, maybe three of them said no. So it's incredible. You really can get in front of people from whom you can learn. Then, of course, hopefully once you get traction in building your own business, then hopefully it's easier to get access because when you contact people, they can see there's a track record there. But you're right. All of those things are important in terms of access to funds and role models. And, you know, when I was first starting Enterprise Nation, again, sitting on my bookshelf, there's lots of books about the career of Martha Stewart. And people think it's really odd that I had her as a massive role model because she then went to jail and she's out of jail now. (laughs) But she was a huge role model for me because she was the first female entrepreneur who'd ever publicly listed a company on NASDAQ, which I just thought was incredibly cool. So I read everything about her to try and understand how did she build this business. So you're right, role models are important. And we probably don't have time in this podcast to go through the access to funding piece because I do feel, and I know this is a very contentious subject, when it comes to access to money, I really do feel personally and having witnessed female founders go through it, that female founders can be more risk averse when it comes to taking on money. And I think there's lots of psychological reasons for this. You consider your business as your baby. You take it really seriously that you're paying for the salaries and mortgages of your team. And so you don't want to put that too much at risk. And I quite often look at other male founders and I think I'm just not quite sure that they have those considerations in their mind. And that's not at all a man bashing point because there are some men who I think definitely have those considerations. But I think when it comes to access to finance, and again, it's something that we've written about a lot at Enterprise Nation is to help female founders go through the access to finance route, just one of the pieces of advice I give is get advice from a professional expert. So hire an accountant, hire a financial advisor, do the financial figures, because what it will show probably is access to finance will help the business grow. It actually de-risks things for you as a founder, but sometimes you just have to go through that process of writing it down, seeing it in financial action, that then builds your confidence as a founder to say, actually, maybe I will take on funding. So that's a tricky subject for female founders, I agree. It is quite a bit of a tricky subject. And there is an organization called Impulse for Women. And the founder of the organization, Karen, she is a VC investor. And she said to me once, well, yeah, we don't invest in women because they don't ask for investment. Yes, we don't, like, she is all about investing in women. But she was like, when I was in the joint venture and investing, there was one woman against 10 men asking for investment. And when women ask, we have to double the price. When men ask, we have to (laughs) divide it by two so that we can actually 
understand what is the real you know budget so anyhow finance as you said we should book another definitely another session but one question that i want to ask you because you are helping all small businesses you are a women business owner did you feel during this journey that being women had either advantages or disadvantages but was different than being a man business owner This is a really tricky question for me because incredibly aware of the network and the business you run, I'm not quite sure this is going to go down very well in terms of my response. So when I started my first company, so it was a dot-com business at the time, even though I did have a co-founder in that business who was a man, but I guess I got a lot of the attention. We sold the business quite quickly. It was a successful sale. And I think probably I got more of the attention because it was unusual to be a female founder kind of starting a business that was then successfully sold. So, of course, at that time, it was a huge advantage because it was, you know, you're unusual. Let's kind of, you know, profile you. So I saw it as a great advantage at that point. And I have to say, since growing Enterprise Nation, And as I say, this has been a long journey of over 10 years of growing this business. There have only been a couple of instances where I've thought, oh, wow, I think I've just been treated differently because I'm female. One was actually by two members of my own team who were no longer with us, (laughs) which uh, was all around (laughs) technology. But there have literally only been a couple of instances where I've thought, I'm not quite sure that treatment was correct. And I have to say, apart from that, Jaylan, and I think this is just reflective maybe of my approach to business is I almost in others I don't really see gender color sexuality so I suppose because I don't see it in others maybe I don't see if people are doing it to me but I've never consciously recognized that people are distinguishing that I'm female founder and as I say there's just been a couple of instances where I've thought that doesn't seem right but overall you actually see there's benefits because, of course, as you say, when female founders think there aren't that many role models, if you're kind of a journalist and you're looking for a story of a founder who's growing a business and you have a male founder or a female founder, they're going to go for the female founder. So this is to our advantage. So I think when it comes to if you're in a minority, sometimes that can be helpful because, you know, others want to profile you, they want to tell your story, then that helps the business. But yeah, in the main, I have to say, I've never felt, you know, prejudiced against in any way in business. And that's a fantastic thing to hear. And I think from my point of view, and the women and business kind of networking point of view, I guess my look at it is this, is we should also feel equal to feel treated equal as well. So I totally agree with you in that sense. Most of the things actually happen also in the brain of women who are undermining their own competences or their own businesses. Right, that's amazing. I know that we have limited time with you. So I'm going to just jump to my very last two questions. So, you know, the name of this podcast is She's Awesome. The main reason is because I want women to be able to say why they are awesome and own their greatness and own their awesomeness. So my first question is, what being awesome mean to you? 
Wow. So I know this sounds as if I'm going to deflect this question, but I have to say, I think it's my team. So I don't think it's me at all. And actually, this was a huge learning for me in business, just because on any kind of podcast that I do, I always try and kind of, you know, from my own story, hopefully offer sort of advice for others is because the first business I had, we were only five people when we sold. So we'd managed to achieve quite a lot with quite a small team. And when I first started Enterprise Nation, and maybe it was because I read so much about Martha Stewart, I thought, you know, I think I can build this business with a tiny team. You know, I don't need a huge amount of people. And again, when I say Enterprise Nation for the first kind of eight years, we were less than five people. And I thought we can build a really successful company. And it's taken me a really long time to realize that actually you do need support around you, whether that's on your payroll. So of course, you know, we've now got a good chunk of people on payroll, but of course, other supporters as well. So professional help, advisors, experts, mentors. And so dare I say, I think the thing that doesn't necessarily, well, whether it makes me awesome is probably getting the help from others that I need. So kind of knowing where my weaknesses are, and then hopefully kind of finding others that help. And the one other thing, and again, I reflect on Startup 2022, another speaker we had is a guy called Simon Squibb. And he came on and he said something that always makes me feel really uncomfortable, because I've always been a big believer in the harder you work, the luckier you get. So kind of the more work you put in, you're going to succeed because hard work really pays. And I was brought up pretty much believing that. And this chap, Simon Squibb, his view is not the case at all. He says it's not about how hard you work. It's about the risk that you take. And I'm still not quite sure if I'm in agreement with him. But I guess just the one other thing that I feel has been sort of one of the things that's helped me get the business to this stage. But crikey, I still feel it's day one. I think we've got loads of growth to go. So it still feels like a very early stage startup to me is just I do put everything I have into it. So if you read the Malcolm Gladwell books around everyone should do 10,000 hours to become an expert. I can't imagine how many hours I've spent looking at the topic of small business support and delivering it. So I think that kind of one thing, commitment to your cause and kind of dedication, I think helps. It's certainly helped me. But one thing that's also helped me is just this incredible team of people that I now call the Enterprise Nation team, but also all of those advisors and mentors who've just really helped me along the way. Because there's been so many times, and other founders will feel this, so many times where I just thought, wow, this is hard work. Do I really want to keep on doing this? And it's the people who, you know, kind of cheered you on at those points that I think, you know, they can help everyone become awesome. That's a very wise way of looking at becoming awesome. I think I want to title this podcast as Ask Help because it's been coming really, you know, recurrently that you said, if you want to get where you want to go, well, ask help. Can we title it Ask Help? Let's do it. And Enterprise Nation was built on that basis. And by the fact, even the title itself, you know, kind of what we're trying to say is there's a nation of others around you, whether they be your peer group, trusted advisors, support providers, universities, local councils, there is a huge ecosystem of support for small businesses. And, you know, it can be the one thing that stops a business owner going forward is feeling in a rut, feeling lonely feeling it's a bit too much. And honestly, it can just be all sorted through having a chat with someone who's been there and done it or can help you navigate your way through that chapter. 
Well, great. Thank you very much, Emma, for being here and for giving those invaluable advices. It's Ask Help, the title <laughs> to be definitely. And can you please remind us again where people can reach you, can reach Enterprise Nation? Sure. So please visit us at enterprisenation.com. All the support for small businesses is free to access. So please come and visit. And Jalen, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Thank you, Emma. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, my friend, thank you for listening to this She Is Awesome podcast. If you want to share your extraordinary story and dare to inspire others, send an email to hello at academyv.com. You can find the email address in the show notes. Well, let's meet here again next week. Take care. Bye now.